This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. And welcome to That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney. Coincidentally, I'm Hannah Mooney and I'm your host for the next hour or so. Uh, I'll be your ticket to all the cool creative happenings in the Tron and beyond. And actually today I'm very happy to be entering the beyond section. Um, Not in a geographical sense, uh, but today I've got a bit of everything on the show because I've got Hamilton's arts all rounder, Ross McLeod. Kilda Ross. Hi. How are you going, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Um, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate your time. You're a very busy man. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, <laughs> it, it comes in ebbs and flows. Uh, I'm sure you saw most people in the arts all, all would say. Yeah. It does indeed. And um, are you working on anything at the moment? Um, Artistically, that is? Um, at the moment, I'm getting some sort of proofreading and feedback on my on a first draft of a, of a novel. So that's the sort of artistic side of things. Um, but yeah, uh, so when that's done, it's sort of another re- revision and drafts and working on, working on that. So Okay. I wasn't expecting a novel. So you're always full of surprises and... Always something new with you. But um, for those of... I, I figured I probably should have started with this, so I'm going to circle back in true Hannah Mooney fashion. Um, when you're not writing novels, um, what what kind of other stuff are you up to? If, if you wouldn't mind giving a kind of brief history of Ross McLeod in the creative sphere. Um, I guess I, I started off primarily in theatre. I did a lot of theatre in... Um in high school, uh, well, we didn't actually have drama back then. That was Whangarei Boys High. They got drama the year I left. Um, but what I took a on, shame, may yeah. I just say. <laughs> um, but I, I came to um, Waikato University and did, did um, a degree in English and drama and been doing theatre pretty much ever since in some form or another. Um, so creating, directing, producing, writing, acting. Um, across the board. The works. Yeah. Have Have you ever done any tech stuff? Surely. Uh, not not particularly. I did a little bit in, as part of my degree, but the tech side of it's never been uh, particularly my strong suit. Um, like, v- visually, uh, I, I usually try and get someone else to help me out. Like, when I'm yeah. doing something like set design, I'm just, no, that's set design, costuming, those areas where I'm actually looking at things is, is not, not my strength. So um, that's why it's good to always get a good team on board if you can. You never had a hoot on the desk? Um, not really, no. no. No, no lining up. Okay, well, there's time, Ross. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Um, then you can be uh, a full all-rounder. Although you're pretty, you're, you're pretty everywhere. Before we started the show, um, I was just, you know, having yarn with Ross, asking him what he's been up to, 
and uh, he was talking about how he was uh, missing a pole fitness class to be here. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you really do do it all. And so, uh, again, for those listening, how long have you been doing the pole fit? Uh, a couple of years. Yeah, so I thought um, I felt like doing something, like jumping into something new before I hit, before I hit 40. And my two choices were, look, I'm going to go... I want to try either professional wrestling, or uh, or or pole or silks or something like oh, okay. that. And and it turned out that they didn't have any professional wrestling training in Hamilton that I could find. So oh, okay. I went I went down the other route instead. Actually, you know who you should talk to, old um, Eamon and Nice. I had him on the show a couple months ago. Uh, Bridge City Beatdown. Yeah. They had live. Uh, Heathen Combat. That yeah, was, uh, yeah, Michael yeah. Green started that promotion like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been to most of their shows. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, I, I feel like this is going to be my catchphrase for the show. There's still time, Ross. Yeah. Yes. There's still time. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, you're grounded in the theatre. Yeah. And um, you've been involved in many a show. Have, do you still keep count? I always, whenever I have kind of veterans on the show, um, I, I always ask if people keep count. I, I don't, don't anymore. Yeah. Um, from I used to update a little sort of you know my theatre CV with your list of shows you've done. Yeah. I probably haven't updated that in about four or five years. Um, so no, you don't don't keep track of it in, in numerical terms. I've got most of the posters of shows that I was involved in since. I think the earliest I've got was from 1999. That's a pretty solid so effort. So I'm, I'm on to you know, wall number four now. Oh, that was going to be my next question. Do you display them all or are they all just like neatly in a No, they're, they're, on, they're on the wall in my bedroom. So okay. What are you going to do when you run out of, you know, when you fill the fourth wall? Um, go, go further into the house? Yeah, you've got to you've got to go beyond the fourth wall. <laughs> you break the fourth wall. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, it, it's a while away. Yeah, it's sort of slowed down. There was a sort of I think a period, probably about twenty ten to twenty sixteen, where I was doing a lot of theatre, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, you 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 take a break and sort of okay, you you take a break. You take up pole fit yeah. and start writing your novel and yeah, I've always been sort of. When I get an idea, I'll run with it. But I've I've never been a particularly disciplined creator. Like you know, I'm going to sit down and write a play. Um, I find if it doesn't, if it's not flowing, it's usually not worth trying to Pushing squeeze it. something out that isn't going to be as good. Do you revisit? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'll like work on something, then you it won't be flowing. So you put it aside yeah. and come back to it. Like the, the 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 novel that I was referring to earlier was something that I started probably about. Five years ago, wrote four chapters, petered out, and it sat there until mm. um, pretty much late lockdown last year. Where I was like, no, I'm just going to sit every day and write a little it. bit, and it kept and it kept flowing until I was finished. So, oh well, congrats! I, I always feel like um, congratulations are in order for the creatives out there who actually achieved something in lockdown. Because mm. because when we were going into, I'm like, this is everyone's chance. Yeah. To like do the thing. You have there's no excuse to not finish that play, not write that thing. But then we're all too busy like baking banana bread and whipping coffee and doing yoga with Adrian. Um but so well done. Yeah. 
And so um, I, d- I don't know, because you're kind of still in proof stage, If you do you want to talk about the novel or it's still kind of in that under wrap zone? Totally fine if it is. Yeah, it's it's an, um, it's an a sort of Austinian pastiche with a bit of an adventure mystery twist to it. So, yeah. I mean, if one sentence could be Ross McLeod, that would be it. That was excellent, I, though. I, I think that, <laughs> Wait, yeah, that's, a I good, that's a good selling point. I think that has been my creative style, is generally, you know, you take two things and you mash them together and see where it takes you on an interesting journey. Like, um... You are a man of many mashups. Yeah. Um, like, as you mentioned, um... Uh, before Artful Dodgers was a show I did 2017, mm. and that was sort 2018, of 2018. I think it was 2018. It all just kind of blurs together, yeah. Mate. <laughs> um, and that was a sort of burlesque musical loosely based around Oliver Twist, so taking the framework of Oliver Twist and 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 messing around with it. But I've done you know stuff that was based on Robin Hood or based on um, I did one years ago which was like 2008 now, which is scary when you look back, which was like a fairy tale murder mystery. What one was that? Uh, it was called Death Lies in Fairy Tales. So it was sort of a group of loosely based fairy tale-ish characters who are at this garden party at the princess's and, you know, someone gets murdered and who who done it. So, yeah, different different styles. Um, I like, yeah, taking taking things and trying to put a new spin on it. And I, I feel like it's, uh, admiral is not the right word, but I, I want to say good on you because I feel like on first glance or first hearing that, you're like, oh, yeah, that's not hard. You're grabbing something that already exists. You're basically just reinventing the wheel. But that's the thing. It's actually harder than it seems to take something, especially if we're looking at Artful Dodgers yeah. based on Oliver Twist, a very well-known story, a very well-known musical, yeah. to then take that and put your own twist on it and recreate um, yeah. something that's... I guess you want to try and make something that no one's ever seen before. Yeah. So you know, if you're telling, if you're going to tell a Robin Hood story, how do you tell a Robin Hood story that no one's ever seen before? Mm. Um, if you're doing um, a Shakespeare, like particularly I find with the Shakespearean tragedies or the dramas more so, the comedies kind of look after themselves a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But what can I do to um, to make this a version of it that, that people, people haven't seen before, something new? And there's, I feel like there is always pressure, especially on a Shakespeare, um, to do just that because, you know everyone's at some point in their life has probably seen Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Has probably read Macbeth. Yeah. I glance around and then realise I can say Macbeth because I'm at a radio station, not a theatre. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's there's a kind of immense pressure yeah. to... Um, and also I feel like there's always an immense pressure to kind of modernise Shakespeare. Yeah. Which you know very well because uh, one of your other more recent works, like Shakespeare... Yeah, yeah, that was uh, uh, a few years back. That was sort of sketch. We came up with an idea for doing sketch comedy based on Shakespeare. So it was contemporary takes. So it was, you know, like characters dating, uh, you know, trying to find a restaurant to eat at. Um, I, I, I distinctly remember Romeo and Juliet, but it was entirely via text message. Yes, yes. And, like, it was very clever, don't get me wrong, but I also felt so sorry for your actors. <laughs> Because it was just us watching them text, yes. and it was very entertaining. But like, I'm not much of an actor myself, but it just must have been very daunting to just stand there and be like, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. 
yeah, I guess that that. Um, but hey, someone you know, someone's got to do it for our entertainment. Yeah. So uh, you know, g- good on um, APOC and your whole crew. Yeah. And um, actually, I do want to get into Apocalypse Lounge, but I might break for an actually titled song. Yep. Um, it's called Apocalypse uh, by Nati Dread. So we'll be back.
there was Apocalypse, a nice chill kind of bringing a nice chill vibe to that's the ticket. I feel like we're we're pretty chill today. It's just me and uh, Hamilton Theatre veteran, all-rounder Ross McLeod is here. Yep. We've just been talking about Ross, which um, is actually a good discussion topic because you've just been around for ages and been doing all the things for a long time. I, I guess so. It's it's weird to think of it and then, and then like that because you think of other people who have like who I'd consider like Hamilton Theatre veterans, mm. so like uh, Alec Alec Forbes, who's yeah. been doing it. The, then you like think, oh no, I've, I've been doing this for yeah, you know, twenty three years. You're the next and, gen, mate. No yeah. pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. As I've mentioned, the the song we just played was Apocalypse, and the reason I chose that song is because you have a uh, theatre company and escape room uh, yeah. company. Well, we'll get onto that soon. Let's start with the theatre, and then we'll get to the escape rooms. But it's called Apocalypse Lounge. Yeah, um, so great that's, name. That's the I guess the 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 current iteration. I've worked with different theatre groups. And yeah, had different theatre names over time, um, and that one came out of. It was a group of us that were previously in the MTE, which is the Mangatoturi Thespian Ensemble. Again, uh, what a name. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of split for various reasons, and a group of us sort of went off and did our own stuff. And probably about 2010 to 2015, we were producing various um, assortments of, of theatre under that banner. Yeah, um... And it's, yeah, it's just a memorable name. It's, uh, um, and a memorable logo, actually. Yes. That, that, I believe that was Brendan West who designed okay. the logo. I think it was his name, his, his name. How would we do? Organization di- too. I just, because it's radio and we have to describe the logo, it's yeah. basically. It's death drinking tea in an armchair. Yes. Um, which fits. With the name Apocalypse Lounge, and I'm not really sure why, but it all just vibes together nicely. Yeah, um, and it, and it's kind of you know unique. If you look that up, it's probably what you'll get. I think, I think there might have been like a venue somewhere in Canada called the Apocalypse Lounge or something like that. You know, there's, you know, there's always something in Canada which yeah. has the same name. Well, the, yeah, there actually is because there's Hamilton in Canada, right? Yeah, so there's it, a Hamilton Fringe Festival. Yes, yeah, in indeed. There, there's also a Hamilton News, and there used to be a newspaper in Kirikiriroa called Hamilton News. Yeah. And um, in my job doing marketing at the wonderful Meteor Theatre, I once had someone email me being like, oh, I've emailed Hamilton News, but no one's replied. Yeah. And then they sent me what they sent, and I'm like, you realise this is... Hamilton News in Canada, and they're like, "Oh, that's probably why." Yeah. Oh, we had that. I think one one year for the Hamilton when I when I was working with the Fringe Festival, like mm. one of the entries was from from <laughs> Hamilton, Ontario. I mean, that would have been cool if they'd come over. We 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 did try. We yeah. were Like, try, can we work out some kind of you know exchange? But it didn't quite eventuate. But. Didn't quite eventuate. Um, back to Apocalypse Lounge. So there have been quite a few works done under that. Banner. Um, during that song break, you were saying that APOC Lounge started or became official in like 2010? I think it was about 2010. It was, I know that it was certainly active by 2012. That's mm-hmm. when we did uh, probably the most successful 
show we did, which was six bad art house plays. Yep, I was going to bring that up. I didn't actually get to see it because the, the time that it was on was when I was just kind of getting into my like theatre outside of school phase. Yep. And I missed the boat and um, Benny Marama, friend of the show yes. and of both of us, tells me that I missed out. Um, every we, week we did that and we toured it we actually took it to the Wellington that was one yeah. we took to the Wellington Fringe Festival um, and yeah did, did really well I think it confused some people who weren't quite sure that it was all a joke <laughs> but I mean uh, confusion is um, you know all part of it yeah yeah. you, you want to feel something when you're watching a show yeah. happiness sadness yeah. joy confusion counts um, okay, so six art, uh, six bad art house plays. Yeah, and um, I'm tempted to try and do something next year because next year yeah. will be the tenth anniversary of six bad art house plays. So you should bring it back. Yeah, um, maybe. I mean, you have to do been, it now. We've been scattered to the four winds, but uh, um, everyone can just reconvene. Yeah. And um, you have to do it now because you've talked about it on that's the ticket. I mean, the cast from those original shows are now you know everywhere, like not across just across New Zealand. I think we've got some people in England and some people in Japan. So, no, all I hear is excuses, Ross. Yeah. come on, man. No. But hey, it's a digital age. You know, <laughs> it is we, a can, we can age. zoom it in. We've done that before. <laughs> you've, you've zoomed what? You've zoomed in for a live performance. Um, we we had a we had a show uh, the following year. Um, after that, it was in 2013 uh, called. Um, New Zealand's Not Talent, which was just... We came up with the worst acts we could find. Uh, and one of the acts was sort of uh, a singer and her dancers who you know, the singer couldn't make it, so she's, like, zoomed in her singing with her backup dancers dancing oh. on either side of this laptop. I can understand how that would be entertaining, uh, but you've ticked the box in, like, the worst... That sounds like the best and worst thing. There, there were some spectacularly bad uh, um, <laughs> acts in that that were, that were lovely. Okay, and so what were, I'm just trying to think, what was your last APOC lounge? Um, would have been Artful Dodgers. Artful Dodgers. Um, that banner. Really? Um, because it wasn't just, I mean, we did have other people who did shows like um, Louise Blackstock did, mm. directed like Six Hours, uh, she did Anne Boleyn, Pancakes. I think those were all under the APOC yeah, yeah, yeah. banner as well, so... Had had a few people had a few people in there and yeah. oh, really Dodgers you should do another one next year then mate it's yeah. been too long yeah but uh, I guess you you've been busy in between because now this is a good segue to the Apocalypse Lounge escape rooms yeah um, I think I, I I started that about five years ago as it was part of the Fringe Festival that year yeah. and I was like well I'll do something for the Fringe I want to do you know escape rooms so I did it just upstairs at the Meteor mm-hmm. um, and. What came out of that was realizing it doesn't literally need to be a room you have to open the door of, and that led to um, trying it out at the Gardens Festival. So I tried a mystery game. So you know, you've got an hour to pretty much exactly the same as an escape room, solve these puzzles, gather these bits and pieces of these clues to try and solve this mystery. And yeah, I've run that for the last four years. Yeah, um, at HGIP, and they always sell out. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very popular. Um, so it's a really busy week for me. Yeah. Um, because the way I run it is that I'm actually there in character. So I'm actually working, working alongside the people who are trying to solve this puzzle. Um, and it allows you to create a bit more of a narrative story and a more of a mystery, I think, than some of the some of the um, escape rooms do. So, yeah, you try and lean on that side of it a bit more. Do you find people just spend the whole hour asking you for clues, though? 
No, no, um, not really, because they know you're there to help out, but they're they're, they're really into um, solving it. It is fascinating, after several years, just watching the human behaviours, like like (laughs) things that people just won't notice, even though it's, you know, right in front of them. Like, anything above your eye line, generally you don't look, people don't look. Um, They'll find patterns everywhere. People say, oh, do you put any red herrings? Like, you know, you don't need to. People will make up their own. Yeah. Go all over the place uh, 2017, the one you had upstairs at the Meteor, I remember on the last day of work, my colleagues and I yep. did the escape room, and I distinctly remember we did not escape in time, <laughs> and like we'd just been, uh, it was the new Meteor team, we'd only been working together from like May, that end of May that year, right. and I distinctly remember like um, Deb guy and adrian all working together and then me and benny just going and opening all the Christ- presents under the christmas tree <laughs> yes that was the, that was the christmas theme but yeah yep. yeah <laughs> and it's i feel like it's a really good example of why um working as a team is better as opposed to separating oh absolutely <laughs> like like the teams that do well because there are some teams that come back every year yeah and they're really like clearly the you know the people who've gone to every escape room in hamilton so yeah hey, it's something new and yeah, really like they'll write everything down, they'll communicate really clearly, they'll have defined tasks. Whereas the ones who take ages will usually sort of split up and go do their own thing really quietly. Yeah. And you know, nothing's getting solved because I, they're really... I learned my lesson. It was my first ever escape room. That's the first time I'd ever done one. Right. And so I think that was part of the reason why. Um I since then I have only done one other one uh, with my partner's work do and we we made it out of the easy room um, under time and they're like okay let's go on to the slightly hard one and then we bombed yeah. well that's interesting because they they like you said like this is the first one you've ever done because a lot of people who come in to the gardens festival one they've mm. never done an escape room before so they oh, have really? no idea what they're getting into like like sometimes you kind of have to explain it to them but it's this really great you know you'll get a team of of middle-aged people coming in and just really being able to have fun and like, oh, wow, this is so cool. See, part of me thinks I should do one with my family, but then there's probably too many of us because there's like seven immediate. Um, but then I'm like, also, that would be chaos. Yeah. Because uh, we're all quite competitive. But, you know, maybe. I've set it on that ticket, so it's got to happen now. Well, you, you need to split <laughs> into two teams of two then. And, oh, and, and have a competition. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, are you being supportive or are you trying to ruin my life? I can't decide. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, so, uh, circling back to HGAF. Yeah. You've done how many? I think it's 13 shows in 11 years. 13? I know I've done at least one show every year for the last uh, since 2008 wow and i know there are at least a couple of years where i was involved in two shows yeah which is why you've got the high number yeah yeah. and yeah because you've got a few shakespeare's under your belt haven't you yeah i've I've, i'm not sure how many uh but i've directed about five or six some of Shakespeare's at the gardens. Have you ever d- directed um, the same play more than once? Yes. Which I ones? I have directed um, 
uh, it was a show called Romeo and Juliet and Viola, oh, which yeah, was uh, yeah. a combination of um, Romeo and Juliet and Twelfth Night. It becomes a sort of very fast-paced comic farce. The mashup man returns. Yeah, the mashup again. And um, yeah, I've actually done that show three times. Um, so I did it in uh, ooh, 2004 when I first wrote it. I mm-hmm. did it in 2010 and I did it in 2020. Yeah. And that was actually one where I directed it but couldn't actually be involved in the show because I was doing off doing my escape, <laughs> escape room. room. So I was like, okay, we're done. It's, it's your guys' show now. I mean, uh, it must have been a new experience for you. Um. Because yeah. you're, you're you're always um you're a very supportive director like you're always on yeah on site and so it must have been um weird for you to not physically be present. I guess once you've you, you know you've got it to a stage where it's there's only so much you can do any anyway and mm, and exactly. and you've got your cast in there that that you know you trust to okay if something goes wrong you guys will you guys will handle it you you know what you're doing um you're having fun with it so yeah um and that worked. That worked out really well. It's, Third it's time was show, the so. charm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it worked. It worked quite well every time. Um, the first time was actually in Garden Place. Oh, like okay. Back in the old garden, yeah. You know, Ye old garden the place. Old garden place. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, okay. So Garden Place, and then the gardens for the other two times. Yeah. yeah. Same gardens or different no, gardens? It was the Medici Court. Okay. And it was that was in 2010, and ah. Uh, I can't remember which one it is. It's the one with the meadow. I'm blanking on... I'm also blanking. I, I can't remember. It's the walk, walk through. Uh, the one based on the magic flute. It's yeah, yeah. based on the magic flute, and I'm blanking <laughs> on the name of it. Um, it's all good. We can we can look it up in this next song break if you yeah. want. Um, but no, it's song break and actually segment break. Um, so I don't know if you're aware of a segment that I have on That's the Ticket. It's called uh, Rick's Pick. So basically, I have an Uncle Rick... Um, he's a very well-listened human being. He listens to a lot of music, listens to a lot of radio. And then when I'm like, Uncle Rick, I have a radio show on Free FM, he's like, cool, I'm going to hook you up with a list, and every week you can have Rick's pick. And um, this week I've gone for a song by Bread because a band called Bread is a mode. And I know they're fairly iconic, but this is the first song I've ever listened to of theirs, and so I'm going to play it on my show. So this one's for you, Uncle Rick. You sheltered me from harm, kept me warm, kept me warm. You gave my life to me, set me free, set me free. You taught me how to love 
This week's Rick's Pick, uh, a track by Bread, Everything I Own. Uh, thank you, Uncle Rick, for providing this week's pick. And thanks to my guest, Ross McLeod, for being here. Glad to be here. That's the ticket treating you okay so far, mate? Absolutely. <laughs> We've just been kind of having a good yarn about history of Ross, history of Apocalypse Lounge, history of Hamilton Gardens. And on the note of Hamilton Gardens, as soon as... Um, the mics went off for that song. Ross is like, it was the picturesque garden. The yep. garden that we couldn't remember yep. that Romeo and Juliet and Viola was staged. Um, so I'm really glad that um, we came full circle there because I was about to Google it and then Ross is like, no, I've got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, Shakespeare's aside, um, current projects, you've got the novel. Yeah. And I also feel like uh, it, it wouldn't be live radio if we didn't um, talk about your other current project right now, which isn't necessarily art-related, but you're um, you're running for council, I hear. Yes, uh, running for council on the Health and East by-election at the moment. Yeah. How's it going? Um, okay. Uh, I, it's It's been you know, very wet and rainy, which is tough to get out and... Yeah. Uh, um, um, signs up. Um, I've got a few signs up around the place. Um, I've been to one candidate meeting. So, um, yeah, I think this is my fourth time running. Mm. Um, again, sort of if you look back, oh, yeah, I've been doing this for, t- you know, I think 2010 was the first time I ran. So so the same year that Apocalypse Lounge started, so did your political career. Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. Jeez, Ross. Um, <laughs> Do you, have you ever had a break? When, when has that happened? Oh, I would like to know. From from time to time. Uh, <laughs> as I said, it's it's ebbs and flows. Uh, I find, like, with theatre, you'll... You, oh, I feel like I should be doing something. I'll get back into it, you know. Um, and 
you mentioned Benny before because Benny mm. and I sometimes you know talk about that with with you know you get you get imposter syndrome. It's like oh, I feel like I should be doing more theatre, and you realise. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I did this, and I did this, and I've, I'm doing this, and and that, and it stacks up. So, um, I mean, like the last, yeah, I, I said like Artful Dodgers was the last show I did, but then I remember no, after after lockdown, I went and did a one person show. Oh my uh, gosh, at, the, called, reboot. Called the reboot, which was like me um, taking people's suggestions of you know what movie would you reboot and how would I do it. So, uh, is the reboot ever likely to get another reboot? Oh, certainly. I think I think there's. I mean. It's the great thing about it. You can just come up with... I'm always coming up with new ideas. So I feel can. like... Um, have you ever done a podcast? I feel like that's got to be your next thing. Yeah, I mean... Podcast or, or like a like a live live stream. Live stream improv seems very on brand for you. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've, one thing I've, on my to-do list I'd really love to do, and I don't know the practicalities of it and, and who would be involved and how, but I'd really love to do a... Like, a 24-hour improvathon and stream that and and like see if see if you can you can you know people tagging in and out perhaps but to do that that sounds part. like imagine 3 a.m improv ross yeah you'd be exhausted it, it, i just imagine it would take a turn i think but at least i feel like that's that's not an awful idea i feel like you'd be able to cater to a, a lot of different improv crowds so you yeah. could do your family friendly improv yeah. and then as you know, and, you know you, the night music, wears on you music improv music in. improv you can get your um like ao improv there, there's a lot of scope there yeah so it's and that I'd like to do I'm sort of working out at the moment whether the, the team's available to, to do another um, cinema improvisio which is a live dub oh yes yeah. so uh, that's possibly on the cards as well oh gosh I on a, I've been to um, a couple of cinema improvisos and I'm always aghast at how you guys managed to do it because obviously you watch you must watch the film like over and over again right yeah with you, you the ones i've been involved in we watched uh probably about three or four times just yeah. so you know the the rhythms and the patterns and yeah but it's just it's just so much pressure because especially because you know the film's playing and then you and the improv team are then dubbing over with what is being said yeah and so it's like the worst possible time to get stage right because then literally the audience can see the person's mouth moving but there's no sound yeah i don't know i don't know i guess you come across it from time to time and and you get a bit of stage fright or pauses or corpsing yeah um which is uh, corpsing is is an improv when you you know you crack up laughing or yeah. you don't know what to say but generally it, it usually flows pretty well um and yeah, I like I like that 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 improv style. If you've got a, if you've got people you work with and you you can trust and you you you'll know where those things are going, um, you're generally going to get something interesting. Um, I was involved in the uh, improv Sundays, so yep. that was that was one um, earlier on this year, and my it was one of those. Oh, I think I could do that, um, which was to get people's get some suggestions for what to do a TED talk on, and then um, while the first half of the show was playing, which was another improv show, come up uh, backstage with okay, let's do a fifteen minute TED talk on a subject. So I ended up doing a fifteen minute TED talk on uh, what ants talked me uh, taught me about public transport. Right. And yeah, Sounds I was able to thrilling. just riff through this this TED talk for fifteen talk. whole minutes. Yeah. 
And so it's a long time. I'm just going to put it out there. And I got, like, um, most people in improv will tell you, well, or I, for me anyway, the, the biggest compliment you can get um, mm. in improv, and this one was even better because it came from one of the improv classes who was doing the show, who drew the first half of the show, yeah. was afterwards saying, so how much of that did you prepare beforehand? Which is always, if, you, if you've nailed it, if you've done improv and you've come out, and, yeah. and people have said, so, so you, you, you prepared that before, right? No, you... Oh. Not, not until, in that case, it was like 10 minutes. I had, I had time before. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Um, as we're nearing your time on That's the Ticket, gasp, um, I thought I might, um, seeing as we kind of got, on, got into a nice little improv wormhole, um, any advice you would give to anyone out there who's looking to get into improv or who are just starting out, seeing as you are relatively well-versed in that genre? Um, there are, there are, I know there's some classes that have been run at various points across uh, the Meteor at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Jim... Jim Fishwick. Jim Fishwick. Friend of the show. Yep, um, he's running some great ones there. And give it a try. It's You'll generally be... You know, um, dipping your toe in the waters with a whole group of other people who are in the same boat as you. Hmm. And it's a, it's a non-judgmental environment. And you might go in there and find, like, no, this is just not for me. But you might go in and find that you love it. And if it's if you've got a bit of that under your belt, it's actually really useful for, for almost anything else in life. You can, you can, you know, stand up and if someone asks you to give a talk about something at your workplace, you, you're probably going to be able to do it if you've got a bit of improv experience under your belt. Well said. And actually, Ross, when, you know, our first song break, I'm like, Ross, you're so good on radio. And he's like, I feel like it's improv. I feel like I can just talk about anything. And you genuinely can. And on behalf of the That's the Ticket team, um, which is just me, a massive and well-talented team, um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's been great. It's been good to be uh, here and just sort of actually sort of sit back and reminisce. Oh yeah, I did that and I yeah. did that. And well, I, I, it's always um, a privilege to kind of have people like you who who have given so much to the community to actually sit and be like, look how awesome you are, and here's some time for you to talk about stuff that you're passionate about because yeah. that's the most compelling thing about this podcast is hearing people talk about things in the arts that mean a lot to them that's what makes it interesting at least for me but um i'm gonna play you out with a uh, lord track um she's just launched a couple of singles and uh this one is called stoned at the nail salon on
was the latest from Lord on That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney. You're listening to Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Uh, we're approaching the end of this week's episode and before I uh, crack into upcoming events because there's always so much on, I just wanted to take a minute to say thanks again to Ross McLeod, um, my guest for today. Always a pleasure having a yarn with you, and I cannot wait to see what you're up to next. Um, speaking of up to next, coming up uh, around Kirikiriroa in no particular order, um, I have a selection of events. Uh, I can't speak for all of them, and I feel like I say this 
uh, every week. But if I was going to try and cover every single thing that's happening um, in Hamilton, even if it was just in the next week, it would be a whole um, episode in itself. So maybe I'll do that one day. You can just listen to me listing off dates and times. Um, but over at Clarence Street, Isaac uh, Butterfield has his comedy show Outlaw uh, that's running on August 1st at 8pm. So if you're keen to get a giggle on, um, hit that one up. And I will put links up to all of the events and some of the stuff I talked about with Ross with the podcast of this episode. So be sure to follow the That's the Ticket Facebook page so you can stay up to date with all the cool stuff I get to talk to people about. Um, over at the Meteor, Graham James's season tour is running uh, one night only on August 6th at 8pm. Um, he's a great musician, old Graham, and he plays a wealth of instruments. So if you're keen for a boogie, get along to that. Also at the Meteor, Back to Square One is running August 13th to 15th with 6.30pm shows and a 2pm show on the 15th. Now, this one, if you're after something a bit different, I couldn't recommend this more. Um, It's a solo show and uses chalk. It's originally uh, only been performed outside. It was actually performed as part of this year's Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival. Um in car parks and such because they draw the whole set and so it's going to be cool to bring it inside at the meteor and I feel like the old black box floor will be perfect for chalk Um, over at the Waikato Museum uh, Musical Feast Uh, it's a lunchtime concert that's running on July 29th 12pm to 1pm it's a free event Um, wonderful uh, thing to get along to in your lunch break to get some creative juices flowing and take a break and then last but in no means least Matariki Ki Waikato I've been talking about it um, for basically the whole month because it is running and it is awesome it will be coming to the end um, at the end of July so if you're yet to get along to a Matariki Ki Waikato event I highly recommend jumping on your nearest internet browser and typing matarikikiwaikato.nz in and checking out the last of the events. There really is slash has been something for everyone. And speaking of has-beens, I've been Hannah Mooney, this has been That's the Ticket, and I will see you guys, well, I won't see you, but you'll hear me next week.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.